turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida small business and entrepreneurs, donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. And now let's head into the Rich Jekyll Score studio with Christopher Hart and Lucy Polito. Hello again and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen, as usual, we have the winning combination for you here today, starting with the award-winning score volunteer, Lucy Polito. How are you doing today, Lucy? I am terrific, Chris. How about you? Doing excellent, doing excellent. And I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. But, of course, this show is all about SCORE and everything that SCORE is doing, and they're always doing something. And they didn't let up during the last couple of years at all, ladies and gentlemen. They were there for you all along the way. And now, of course, they can do it full service with doors open at the National Entrepreneur Center and SCORE offices open from 10 to 4, Monday through Thursday, and 10 to one on Friday, and if you'd like to make an appointment, maybe to sit down and talk with a SCORE volunteer, or maybe you just have a question that can be answered over the phone, you can give them a call at 407-420-4844. For SCORE, it's always 407-420-4844. And of course, I have to remind you again to go to orlando.score.org, and if you haven't already, please sign up for the excellent newsletter there. That way you'll know that everything SCORE's got going on, and they got web webinars going on all the time. They've got the uh, the basic uh, uh, workshop classes that are going on on a monthly basis. They also have the Coffee with the Leader presentations going on bi-monthly. And all of these things you can select at orlando.score.org. And because they're all Zooming right now, you can participate in them either live and uh, in some cases you can visit at the archive. So orlando.score.org is where you can find out all that information. And, of course, if you'd like to speak with a SCORE volunteer, they can do that as well. And uh, if you'd like to become a SCORE volunteer, you can do that. On all of that, you can find out at orlando.score.org. And once again, because the offices are open, you guys are hustling and bustling over there again, aren't you, Lucy? Yes, we are. And we have continued to stay very busy. So that makes us very happy. Keeps us out of trouble. <laughs> and sure enough, it does. So uh, please take advantage of everything that SCORE's got going on. And don't forget the National Entrepreneur Center is a thing to behold. The SCORE is just one of, I think it's 15 or 16 great organizations there. If you are an entrepreneur or you know someone who is an entrepreneur or thinking about being an entrepreneur, you need to visit the National Entrepreneur Center. Because not only will you find great help there from SCORE, but there are a lot of, as I just said, a lot of other great organizations there that could perhaps be of assistance to you as well. And, of course, SCORE networks with all of them. And it's all to see you succeed in business here in Central Florida. And that National Entrepreneur Center 
has been visited and and studied by or by basically countries and and people from all over the world to see if they can implement it in their own areas because it has been such a success here in central florida but it takes a lot of great work from People like Lucy and all the other great volunteers over at SCORE. How many now in in Orlando office are there SCORE volunteers, Lucy? Do you know? We have 60 people. Wow. And all of them with a diverse background. So whatever your issue is or whatever your question is about business, there's somebody there that can help you, right, Lucy? That is right. And and not only here, you know, even if a person comes in and uh, we don't have an expert locally, there is one. Somewhere in the nation, and as you know, we have about 15,000 counselors, and one of those guys is going to be able to help you out. That's it. And so, and by the way, there is a national website, as Lucy mentioned, uh, you have volunteers all over the country because you have SCORE offices all over the country. And if you know someone in another part of the country or you're going to move to another part of the country, you can find out about the SCORE office there and refer it to others. And all of that you can find at the SCORE national website, which is SCORE.org. SCORE.org. And as Rich used to like to talk about, they got a lot of great uh, templates there. These are business documents that you can download and just substitute your information for the examples that you'll find there. And it's real easy to do. And once again, all of this, whether it's on the national website or the local website or anything SCORE is doing here locally, it's at the bargain basement price. Once again, Lucy, how much is it again? Oh, man, you make me say the word every week. I have to go to confession. You realize that? (laughs) It's free. There you go. But see, if we didn't do this, you'd go in there empty handed. (laughs) That is true. That is true. All right. So please take advantage of it. And tell others, and we really appreciate you uh, telling, spreading the word about not only about SCORE, but, of course, about this show as well. And, by the way, all the episodes of the What's the Score show are archived at Orlando.score.org. Okay, so that brings us to today's guest, and she is an entrepreneur herself, and she is the executive director of Joyful Music Thera- the Joyful Music Therapy Foundation. Welcome to the show, Tamala Ponder. Thanks for being with us today. Hi, I'm so glad I could be here. All right, well, we appreciate it. Well, I, I think you're new to the show, aren't you? I can't recall you being on the show before. Yes, I am. This is my first time. Okay. All right, so the way we like to do it is find out a little bit about the guests themselves before we get to their business venture or the actual topic that they're on the show for. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, like where were you born, went to school, that sort of thing, how you ended up if you weren't born here in Central Florida, in Central Florida. Well, I am a native Floridian. I was born in Pensacola, Florida, and then my father was a minister. So we moved around the South, uh, the Gulf Coast a lot. Uh, I lived in Texas, in Southeast Texas, and then I went to school in New Orleans, Louisiana at Loyola University for music therapy. I ended up in Orlando in 2008 because when I graduated from university. It was right after Hurricane Katrina and there weren't very many jobs at all. (laughs) And so I was able to come to Orlando and help someone start a music studio. And she wanted it to be an inclusive music studio. So she wanted a music therapist to be the director of it. 
Uh, little did I know that two years into it, she wasn't able to continue. And I was going to need to either pack up my toys and go home, <laughs> or I was going to need to figure out how to make a business work. And that was after only being a music therapist uh, for a couple of years and really never having a business class, but there was a need in the community. So that's, that's a very short answer to how I got to where I am today. Okay. Loyal uh, at Loyola. What did you major in? Was it music? It's music therapy. All right. And you'll have to describe that exactly then. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, music therapy is an allied health profession, similar to PT, OT, speech, all of those things that would fall into that category. Um, The definition of music therapy has a lot of pieces to it. So it's clinical and evidence-based use of music interventions to accomplish individualized goals within a therapeutic relationship by a credentialed professional who's completed an approved music therapy program. So that's a bunch of jargon, but it puts it all kind of together. So one one of the biggest things that I like to say is, you know, it is a clinical and evidence based practice that uses music to help people with non musical goals. So the way that you become a music therapist is you have to have a degree in music therapy, um, a minimum of a bachelor's uh, level entry level. um, And then you do an internship, a 1200 clinical hour internship. I did mine at um, the Children's Hospital in New Orleans right after Hurricane Katrina. So it was it was pretty intense, um, but it was awesome. And I learned so much there. Um, And then once you finish your internship, you sit for a national board certification exam. And then we recertify every five years. So there's a lot that goes into becoming a music therapist. And it's it's an amazing job. And it's not for the faint of heart. (laughs) Well, give us an example. Like you said, you worked at the, you interned at the children's hospital there in New Orleans. Uh, Give us an example of how you would apply this in those, in that setting. In, in the hospital, I worked at, um, they had a cancer unit and they also had a neuro rehabilitation unit. So I was there most of the time and, you know, I feel like anyone that is in the hospital, when they see somebody come in their room, they kind of, oh no, what's coming next, you know, but especially for a child, you know, it's hard enough for them to, to be isolated and, and not to be able to, to be going to school and all of that. So whenever people come in, they're like, what's going to happen next? But I would come in with a guitar on my back and maybe like a bag full of instruments. And instead of saying, you know, how are you feeling this and this and this, my first question would be like, Hey, what's your favorite song? And automatically when somebody asks anybody that you can have a place to connect with that person because music is so meaningful. So for 
like a toddler, their favorite song might be Twinkle Twinkle, but then a teenager, they might tell me a song that I've never heard. So it's my job as a music therapist to take that music and make it meaningful to them for their situation. So we would play music to help with relaxation and pain management. But then in the neuro rehabilitation center, we would use music for gait training, uh, for splinting. A lot of times we would get a call from the neuro rehab unit and they'd be like, send somebody with a drum because they would need to be able to, um, you know, work with a child that um, is going through learning how to walk again. And there's something about that, that rhythm that truly entrains the brain um, on a neurologic level. And it would make it so that they could actually do what they needed to um, with that child. So that was a lot of co-treatment with physical therapists. With occupational therapists, they would call and they'd say, um, hey, come and can you come and help us sing to this to this child? Right. Because we need to put them in a splint. Okay. And so it would actually could... help them as the nurse was per- was doing a, 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 a medical procedure. All right, we'll have to leave it at that point and take a break, but this is fascinating, okay. so we'll pick up the conversation on the other side with Tamala Ponder of the Joyful Music Therapy, Found- Therapy Foundation, which is located right here in Central Florida. So we will be right back with more of What's the Score. We are back. We are What's the Score, and we want to thank you for tuning in and telling your friends and family about the show. The word really has spread. All right, so we got Lucy Polito of Score, and of course myself, Christopher Hart, our guest today, Tamala Ponder of the Joyful Music Therapy Foundation. And before we go any further, please uh, tell folks uh, like your website, how people can uh, find out more, and where you're located. Great. We're located in Orlando off of Lee Road. We're right we're right beside Taco Bell and Home Depot, so we're not too far off the interstate, which is really nice. Um, and our website is www.joyfulmusictherapy.com. All spelled out, joyfulmusictherapy.com. Okay. So folks can check that out while we're discussing things with you. And, uh, you know, as uh, uh, I think, Lucy, you wanted to say something. We were just talking uh, as as Tamla was describing how she would assist in hospitals with children and patients recovering and undergoing procedures to sort of reduce the stress and help them recover quicker. I know you had something to say about that. Well, it's kind of something dumb, but my next door neighbor's child, or now a college kid, is studying that. And I thought, what the heck is she going to do with what is therapy and music? What are they going to do with that? Finally, okay, she's probably graduated already, and now I know what she's doing, which is really great. Well, you know, there's that old saying, "What is it? How does it go? Uh, music soothes the savage beast, or something yeah. like that." <laughs> I don't mean to make light of it, but I mean, uh, music has been an effective tool all throughout human history to motivate people to communicate, and used in all sorts of fashions. Uh, does that come up in the studies, real quick, Tamla? It definitely does. And music therapy 
really became a profession after World War II in the United States. So it really started in the VA, um, where these these guys would come back from war and they didn't want to have anything to do with group therapy. You know, they don't want to talk about their problems, but then the musicians would come in and play music. And all of a sudden they would gather around and be having a good time. And so the doctors and the nurses were like, there's something to this. Hmm. Um, And the musicians at that point didn't have the skills that they needed to um, really help them past just being able to participate in the music. But you and I both know that, not all songs bring up happy memories or happy emotions. So when those emotions come up, when those memories come up, what what can we do as musicians to help? And that's where music therapy really stepped in on learning psychology and how music works in the brain and the body. I was going to go there, but Lucy wants to ask a question. Well, I was just wondering, uh, music is important, I think, to everybody. Uh and has this been tried? Obviously, your your specialties in children. Now I'm thinking of old people. You know, like in old people, you know, there's a whole bunch of houses that have senior citizens. And how about that? Because you know, older people probably enjoy music more than little kids. I don't know, but. Has that been tried? Yes. Um, Music therapy um, in working with the healthy aging and then working with um, people who have Alzheimer's and early stage dementia or late stage dementia has been very, very widely researched in my field. And I'm going to tell you some of the most amazing things that I've seen uh, have been with someone who has pretty severe Alzheimer's and they're just into themselves they are not able to communicate but when you sing a song from back in their golden years all of a sudden they come alive and they can sing and they are present with you in the moment they can have a conversation with you and i mean i've i've experienced that there was one family that she actually hired us to go see her mom and she would bring her kids so the grandkids because she said i want I want my kids to know my mom the way she really is. So in the music, she's there, but without the music, she wasn't. Hmm. Uh, Joyfulmusictherapy.com, joyfulmusictherapy.com. And you mentioned that part of the studies, and it would only seem logical, would have been the psychology and understanding you know, how the brain is actually functioning and processing this information, because that's, in fact, what music is. It's information to the brain. And it, it, what, what is unique about music therapy in the activity in the brain? Has that been uh, isolated? Yes. Um, I have um, extended training in neurologic music therapy. So I'm also very, very... Um, was kind of the same thing. Okay. Everybody feel, feel good music. Right. But what is really happening? You know, it feels good. It sounds good, but what's really happening. And music is located all over the brain. So even when an area is damaged in the brain through neuroplasticity, the brain can be rewired. One of the biggest cases that um, was more popular because, you know, it got 
big um, headlines from Senator Gabby Gifford when she was shot. She was shot in the head and she um, had to relearn how to talk again. And it was through a music therapist. And the first thing that she started singing was girls just want to have fun and happy birthday. (laughs) And this is before she could even talk. How about that? (laughs) That's a miracle. Um, uh, Lucy. No, I'm, I'm just fascinated by this. I really am. Uh, because, you know, music is, as I say, it's it's like the world, uh, here's a, a song, anybody, anywhere in the world, and, and you, we are all close to something that brings back memories. So I can see how that could help people who are suffering from Alzheimer's and stuff. And I'm, I'm thinking of a friend of mine who's married to someone who's got Alzheimer's, and he always sings the same song. And, and of course, he's got problems with in his mind, but she puts on that record and he changes totally. He becomes happy. And it's really unbelievable how uh, music can help. So I'm fascinated by the subject. Can you get too much of a good thing with music? <laughs> no, I don't I don't think so. But it is very important that um if someone is is struggling in an area, whether it be a child with autism or Down syndrome, um, a teenager who has anxiety, depression, or an older adult who's suffering with dementia or Alzheimer's, they need to be treated by a board-certified music therapist. Because like I said, sure, music can be the feel-good, um, but we need to know why are we doing what we're doing? So when I see a patient for the first time, I do an initial assessment. I look at where they're functioning cognitively, emotionally, physically, uh, sensory. I ask a lot of questions. And if, if they can't talk to me, I'll ask their caregiver a lot of questions. And then I set up individual goals. So uh, it might look like a singing lesson if somebody just looked in on it, but my goals for that person would be articulation, breath control, attention to task, things like that, that are very medically based. And the music is what moves us through those goals, but it's not like the, the goal isn't to teach them how to sing really good. Let's be the next pop star, you know? Sure. Sure. But I guess if if we did a whole lot more singing and dancing, there'd be a whole whole lot less grief in the world, probably, I guess. Right. I think so. Uh, I think so. From the dancing, we've been a lot healthier, too. Uh, uh, It's very good uh, for your heart. Uh, So so now. um, But, you know, this we've been talking about in terms of a a therapeutic sense, but but also it's can be used in, in an inspirational sense. In other words, a healthy person, I, I take it, can use this therapy because, I mean, and, and this, when I take it, go back to your, your roots with your father being a minister, obviously songs, music is a big part of celebration of religion. And, mm-hmm. and it's for a reason, right? It's not just to yeah, fill time, absolutely. right? <laughs> go ahead, please. Yeah, well, you know, it it brings people together and it gives them that common ground. So in church or um, in synagogue, you you sing together, whether you can sing well or not, isn't really the point. It's really coming together for for um, and having the same intention. So there is an energy like literally a frequency and an energy that comes with sound that when you get to share that with someone, whether it's one or two people or whether it's 
you know, 300, 400 people, then there is an energy that comes from sharing music and sharing sound together. Very good. Very good. Once again, if you'd like to find out more, you can go to joyfulmusictherapy.com, joyfulmusictherapy.com. And uh, we're coming up on another break here in just about a minute. Um, But I, I take it this could be also for all age groups, all age groups. Absolutely. At Joyful Music Therapy, we specialize in working with um, children from early intervention all the way up until past 22. Um, but we were going into nursing homes for quite a while after the pandemic. They haven't quite asked us back, but I think they're going to ask us back after this. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's hope that they do, because uh, obviously it would be beneficial to the residents there. So um, now this is a foundation. Uh, Can people make donations? Can they contribute to this? Absolutely. So I had, I had joyful music therapy as my private practice, but in 2015, 16, I really was like continually hitting this brick wall of funding. Um, The, one of the hardest parts about music therapy in Florida is it's not um, regulated by the Department of Health. So there's no like registry that somebody can go look to see if someone is an actual board certified music therapist. Um, And who would know that anyways, right? Sure. (laughs) Um, So I saw that there was a need to help educate, advocate, and fund music therapy. So I started the Joyful Music Therapy um, Foundation for those reasons, to be able to do things like what I'm doing right now. Okay, is that, uh, real quick, because I'm up against the break, is that the same website? It's givejoyfulmusic.org. Okay, okay. For the foundation, it is givejoyfulmusic.org. When we come back, we'll talk more about that with Tamala Ponder. And I hope you'll stay with us for more of What's the Score? We are back. We are What's the Score? Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. I've got Lucy Polito along with myself, Christopher Hart. Our guest today is Tamala Ponder of Joyful Music Therapy. That's joyfulmusictherapy.com. And we were just talking about her foundation, which you can find at GiveJoyful. What was it again? GiveJoyfulMusic.org? That's it. GiveJoyfulMusic.org. That's what I thought. And in both cases, you just spell it all out. So tell you were beginning to tell us more about the the, uh, foundation. And once again, this is where folks can make uh, donations. Uh, And and how does it help you facilitate what you're doing? Well, um, we've been able to partner um, with Hard Rock Hotel here in Orlando. They uh, chose us as their local philanthropy in 2019. And we were only a two-year-old foundation at that time. So that was a a super big deal. And it still is. Um, And they've allowed us to come and do shows there and to host some of our programs that we have. And um, when people donate to the foundation, um, 100% of those profits go towards making music therapy known, making music therapy, educating people like today, advocating for what we do, and then helping families who we know would benefit from music therapy, but they can't afford it due to some unforeseen uh, circumstance. And we know that 
things are really hard for families right now. And if they don't have, um, if they don't have some sort of insurance or some sort of scholarship that would pay for it, it's, it's really a challenge for them to private pay every single time. Okay. That is givejoyfulmusic.org. And uh, please help out if you are able to. <clears throat> but to to get back to the, the actual therapy itself, are there some instruments that are more conducive uh, to this? I mean, for instance, you mentioned drums. Um, uh, are, 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 are brass instruments not as useful, say, as string instruments, that sort of thing, or, or you know, reed instruments? Right. Well, um, so as a music therapist, you have to be competent on guitar, piano, and voice. So as a music therapist, those are the three that we have to be able to play um, to fulfill the competencies. But what I found is that the piano, I can't really strap it on my back and take it everywhere. So my guitar, I can take it almost anywhere that I need to go. But with the drums and with the percussion, people don't seem to be as intimidated by it. So, you know, uh, if, if somebody was a brass player and they came to me and they said, I want to incorporate my trombone into this, then, then I would, you know, follow along what they needed. If they played clarinet, then I would help them in whatever they needed for that clarinet. But it's really about the person. So people ask me, oh, well, what kind of music do you like? Or what kind of music do you play for music therapy? Um, is it always relaxing music? And I'm like, it doesn't have to do with me. It has to do with the person that I'm helping. So if it's an adult with Alzheimer's, um, then I'm going to say, what was their golden age? And I might pull something from like the 50s and 60s and use 50s and 60s music. And if it's a teenager, then that means I got to listen to pop music. So well, I see <laughs> that's that the you, way it works. Is that a Fender Stratocaster you have behind you hanging on the wall there? Do you ever haul around that thing in a Fender amp and uh, blow, blow them out or anything? <laughs> That is that is a fender. That is what you saw back there. Yeah. Um, the, that is my own personal collection. <laughs> okay. Looks like a beautiful guitar. Thank you. I, I do collect guitars, and I've had been very blessed that um, friends and family members have given me guitars for Christmas. And sometimes, like, they'll pick one up, and they're like, this thing is set in my garage for, you know, 10 years. Sure. Do you want it? I'm like, yeah. I'll take it. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I've got an old uh, Gibson ES330 hollow body I like to play on sometimes. So, And, and, you know, being a musician, it's therapeutic playing. And But obviously, most people don't play, uh, but they can, it's like you said, with a drum, they can kind of maybe keep the beat and keep keep along. Is that sort of the idea, too, to, as part of the therapy, to bring people in, whether they've been a musician or not, bring them into the experience of making music? Absolutely. There's no um, music prerequisite for music therapy. Uh, it's It really is the language of the soul. And I feel like that when we... So we go into several uh, special needs schools in the community and we work with kids with, with autism. And so many times these kids have such a hard time with social interaction. But if I give them some maracas or a couple of drums and I start playing a song that they like, all of a sudden they're, they're working together as a team and they don't know how to play with each other 
on the playground. They don't know how to have a conversation with each other, but all of a sudden they are engaging in something that is meaningful and that they enjoy with their classmate. Lucy, I, I think I saw you nodding your head. Did you want, well, you yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking that it's so true because music brings people together no matter what. And by the way, Chris, I'll tell you a secret that nobody knows. I used to play a violin. So. Is that right? Do you still have one? Yeah. No, not anymore. Oh, I used to do that. I know what I to get that. you for Christmas now. I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> All right. That's good. All right. I, I haven't played a violin in a long, long time. But, I, I might uh, get, I mean, I, it, it may not be a violin. It might be a fiddle now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but it's, uh, it, you know, music is people... It, uh, bring together music, I think. You know, that's one thing that everybody around the world understands and, and likes, no matter what. So uh, music is very important, I think. Uh, so I can understand how kids will come together because of music. Now, not everybody likes the all types of music, but music in general is something that we can all agree on. Are you concerned that, that music is not stressed enough in schools, ele- elementary schools in particular, Tamala? Absolutely. I mean, with with budget cuts, it seems like every single year the arts are on the chopping block. And I know um, currently in Orange County that has been um, an issue with arts continually trying to be on the on the chopping block. But music and art and dance – these are the things that make a person well-rounded. We can't just teach our children to test. We can't just teach them to learn how to pass a test because that doesn't make them a well-rounded person. Whereas honestly, you know, 50 years ago, almost everybody was either involved in music from an early age, like their parents forced them to take piano because they said it's good for you. Right. They forced you to play the violin because they said it's good for you. Well, I I, I haven't (laughs) been around back then. I I was around back in those days. And I remember, too, you know, schools would they stressed the they they, not only the the three R's, but also phys ed and music and art classes uh, to once again, it was more of a well-rounded education because there's eye hand coordination that comes into play. Um, There's, as as you you know, the different parts of the brain come into play as you're processing different information. So, and and it's, you know, once I I agree, you know, these things are, 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 are too quickly dismissed as not necessary for a good education. Right. You know, uh, when I was going to school and I was uh, I picked up my violin, I was in the school orchestra. And that's another thing you have to know. You have to uh, understand the other instruments. You have to know uh, and learn how to read music. I mean, there's an awful lot that has to do with learning to play any kind of instrument and how it all comes together as an orchestra. You know, it's it's really part of the education. It should be anyway. In my mind. And you develop an appreciation for teamwork. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the big one, because not everybody's great at sports, just like not everybody's great at music, you know. Um, But in in school, whenever you are learning about music, usually you're in a group setting and you have to learn to work together, whether it's from, you know, kindergarten uh, circle time music 
all the way up through um, like orchestra or marching band. These are huge, huge life lessons of learning to work together and and teamwork. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, if you'd like to find out more about the Joyful Music Therapy business, which is located on Lee Road, go to joyfulmusictherapy.com. And then for the foundation, Joyful Music Therapy Foundation, you go to givejoyfulmusic.org, givejoyfulmusic.org, where you can help people who can't afford this on their own, who who need this. And once again, everybody could use a, a good healthy dose of music therapy. And I think we all kind of find it in our own way. Uh, you know, with our favorite songs and that sort of thing. Uh, and it's because those are triggering things in our brain that cause a reaction that we, that we want to to repeat. Is that right? It is. Um, music is, is also stored in the limbic system. And the limbic system is what regulates our emotions. So that's the reason a song, you can hear a song and you remember exactly where you were the first time you heard it. You know, whether you've heard that song in, in 20 or 30 years, you can remember who who was part of your life at that time and what it meant to you. Whereas, you know, it's hard sometimes to even, you know, remember what happened a couple of days ago, but then you hear a song from 20 years ago and, uh, and there you are, you know, uh, the other thing that I, that I wanted to mention about the foundation, um, well, well, can we were we, talking can, about, can we, people... can we, can we do it after the break? Cause I'm up against the clock Absolutely. here. All right. So yeah. when we come back, we'll talk more about the give joyful org website and which is the Joyful Music Therapy Foundation with Tamala Ponder. And don't forget, uh, you can also go to Orlando.score.org while you're at it and find out what SCORE is up to and sign up for the newsletter there. And that way you'll get alerts as to the seminars, and I mean, I'm sorry, the webinars, which are conducted regularly, as well as the Coffee with a Leader presentation and other things like that. Okay, and once again, if you'd like to uh, speak with a SCORE volunteer or perhaps set up an appointment, you can call at 407-420-4844. If you call during office hours, which is 10 to 4, Monday through Thursday, 10 to 1 on Friday, you'll get an actual human being. If you call afterwards or if you get the recording, uh, just leave a message, and at the next uh, opportunity, you will get a human being calling you back. So we will be right back with more of What's the Score. Welcome back to What's the Score. Once again, we thank you for tuning in. And before we get back to the conversation with Tamala Ponder, Lucy Paluto, and myself, I'd first like to once again remind you, if you would like to have your message broadcast over the airwaves to a mass audience just like this show right here, it's so easy to do. All you have to do is contact the folks here at Salem Media Group Orlando, and they are willing to help you out anytime. And, of course, now with Salem Surround, they can integrate good old-fashioned radio with good new-fashioned social media platforms and make it all work for you in a big way. You can do either or and or both, and that is by going to surroundorlando.com to find out more about that, surroundorlando.com. And if you'd like to speak with someone, call Salem Media Group at 407 618 407-618-1760. And uh, don't forget to tell them you heard about them on What's the Score. We would appreciate it. So uh, we Lucy had a question for you before we get back to the um, 
the foundation. So, Lucy, your question, and then we'll go back to the foundation, if you would, please. Any particular schools that have a, this particular area as a misfit, uh, the area, the best school to go to if you want to be a person like yourself. Well, we, we know Loyola yeah. is one, so are there others? <laughs> yeah, they don't have to go all the way to New Orleans. I mean, it's it's a it's a great great school, and it's a really fun place to go. Um, but in the state of Florida, we have three schools that offer a degree in music therapy, and that's Florida State University, University of Miami, and Florida Gulf Coast. Wow. Okay. All right. Excellent. Okay. So you were beginning to tell us uh, more about the foundation. Well, of course, you know, we we welcome any financial donations, but one of the other things that we off, that we really welcome are donations of gently used instruments. So if somebody has a guitar or um, a violin laying around the house um, that they're not using anymore, uh, then please bring it by. Um, shoot us an email on the website. Um, you can contact us through the website and we would love to be able to take your instrument and give it to a person who needs it, who maybe can't afford to buy their own instrument, but they are receiving music therapy. And so we want to be able to help them out along the way. Uh, would, would you take any instrument? Absolutely. Okay. I got, I think I got a, a, a glockenspiel hanging around the house somewhere. <laughs> hey, we love those. Those are considered a percussion instrument and I use it all the time yeah. because once again, it's, it's kind of like a little bit less threatening, I guess, to mm-hmm. some people. Yeah. Yeah. And you can lay it on your lap or hold it in your arm. Uh, and so anyway, um, the, but Can this also be used for, like, um, uh, say, a company wants to do some team training, that sort of thing? Is is music therapy used in those settings as well? I'm so glad that you asked that. Yes. And that part of our field is really more up and coming recently because, like we said, music brings people together. And a lot of times the way that we'll do it is we might go in and bring all of our drums you know, and everybody gets a drum. And if you don't want the drum, then you get a bell or a maraca or something like that. <laughs> and you help them to be able to create something um, organically and in the moment that, you know, has nothing to do with their work environment and everything to do with just being a person and learning to work together. That, that'd be kind of fun. I think I might suggest that for score. I would love to facilitate that for them. That would be a good thing. Yes. And you said people can contact you via both websites. Is that is that correct? Yep. Both websites come to me um, at joyfulmusictherapy.com or givejoyfulmusic.org. And I, I take it that you can do this both in-house and on location. Right. Um, We also offer telehealth. So we have the clinic on Lee Road and then we go into some healthcare facilities and we go into some schools, but we also offer telehealth. And that was something that honestly, I had to kind of wrap my head around it or else, you know, what lose, lose a business. So all of a sudden I was like, how are we going to do this? You know, when 
we're not able to to be in person with somebody, but just like everybody else, we were able to to make it work, and um, we've been able to really use music therapy through Zoom or through one of the other platforms, and make it easier for a lot of families who they might have somebody who's medically fragile that we're working with, and they can't really come in and out of the clinic. They can't come you know, to the school. And that, that is a way that we can bring music to them in their home and still keep everybody safe. Excellent. Lucy, did I see you raise your hand there? No, I'm just fascinated by the subject. I really think it's very, very good. It's a wonderful way to uh, help people. It's very, very, very rewarding. It really, really is. I have so many amazing stories that I can that I can share, you know, about kids who don't talk that have learned to sing and they can get on stage and they can sing all of these songs from the musical, um, you know, from a musical, but they really can't have a conversation with you. And so then if they can sing all those songs, then, you know, how can I help them to make that something they can do on a regular basis? Even if it's when they need help, they learn a song about needing help. Help, I need someone. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> so, um, the um, we just have a few minutes left here. Um, how is it? How is it? How, because you have been around several years now. How did it work for you over the last couple of years? Because you mentioned, you know, uh, you, it's not been possible for you to go into nursing homes. How are you able to weather that storm? Business, I'm speaking, bus, speaking business-wise. Absolutely. Business-wise, we really just had to adjust. Like I said, um, you know, the first, I say, month or two months, I really just, like, took a deep dive into what telehealth would look like. Um, other healthcare professionals have been doing it for a while, but as a music therapist, I hadn't. I hadn't done it yet. I was like, hold on. Music is, you know, this, this resonance and, you know, we need to have the vibrations and all of that. So I really, you know, was like, okay, well, let's see how this works. And it does, it really does because it's, it's not only the music that, that makes it so special. It's also the connection. It's the connection that the therapist has with the individual that they're working with and the way that music can elicit emotions and it can, it can solicit all of these, these feelings that then need to be worked through. So if, if a song brings up an emotion and nobody's there to help somebody work through that emotion, then what is that person supposed to do? That's um, one of the big things that I have about the nursing homes, you know, in a lot of the rec rooms, they might turn music on and they have it going all day. But if somebody hears a song and it maybe reminds them of uh, a loved one who had passed away, they might start crying, but then nobody's there to help them to work through that, that grief, to work through that process. That's the reason it's not about just putting some earphones on somebody and walking away. It really is that connection that we have as individuals. What was your biggest obstacle along the way? Was it the, the, the business challenges over the last couple of years, or was it something other than that? Um, I think it was, I think it was the, the business challenge, the, the hiring challenges. Honestly, I've, I've had, a, uh, hiring challenges. There's a, a small, um, a small group 
of people that are music therapists. And so I only hire board certified music therapists. So I know hiring has been hard for every single profession, um, much less than you take the pool uh, that you're that you're fishing from and make it a lot, lot smaller. So that's been challenging is to to find really, really good talent. The great part is that a lot of people want to move to Orlando and over the past couple of years, even more, more people want to move to, to Florida, it seems like. And, um, the other part is we, we use volunteers. A lot of times it's high school volunteers and college volunteers. And so we're working to build that volunteer base back up because It gives us an opportunity to share what we're passionate about and help the high schoolers to get their hours that they need for their scholarship or help the college student to be able to see what a profession in music other than just being a music teacher or a performer um, would look like. So um, we're, we're really hoping to be able to get more volunteers from the schools this year. All right. Excellent. Uh, Well, we're just about out of time. Uh, Any last thoughts before we have to let you go today? I just uh, thank you so much for allowing me to be on the program and to share what I'm passionate about. And I hope that people reach out to me at joyfulmusictherapy.com and ask any questions that they want as far as what music therapy does and who we can help. And hopefully um, we will be able to help even more people through this podcast. I bet everybody out there knows somebody, maybe even themselves, but somebody that could use some joyful music therapy. That is true. All right. So joyfulmusictherapy.com and also the foundation is givejoyfulmusic.org. Joyfulmusictherapy.com and givejoyfulmusic.org and give the gift that we'll keep on giving, right? So, all right. Well, it's been, right. it's been a pleasure and fascinating speaking with you today, Tamla. So good luck and, uh, yes. and we appreciate it. I know we'll have you back on the show again in the future. Awesome. I would love that. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Okay, and then don't forget also, please go to Orlando.score.org. Sign up for the excellent SCORE newsletter there. And if you'd like to make an appointment to speak to someone at SCORE, 407-420-4844. And also find us on, on Facebook at SCORE Orlando on Facebook. And once again, for Tamala Ponder of Joyful Music Therapy, you go to JoyfulMusicTherapy.com. And for her foundation, it's GiveJoyfulMusic.org. So until next week, that's all for What's the Score. See ya.